I do want to go back to this idea of the village protecting the abuser, which definitely happens in all parts of society, and the idea of unconscious bias. And it's the unconscious bias that is often doing the protecting. So people are unconsciously protecting the abuser, unconsciously protecting the status quo. And you'll have many conscious and unconscious reasons for doing that. Welcome to the Medusa's Mike podcast, where we come together to stop sexual violence. My name is Lucretia Rackfield, and I'm so very honored to have your company today. Medusa was a victim survivor of sexual assault who was blamed, punished, and had her voice taken away. Too many people can still relate to her story, and we want to change that. It's time for Medusa to take back the mic. In this podcast, we'll share the personal stories of victim survivors, hear from experts in sexual violence prevention and response, and talk to the quiet leaders who are creating real change. Sometimes the content may be confronting, and I urge you to seek support when you need it. But overall, I hope each episode helps you to feel more informed and empowered to take action to stop sexual violence in your community. Hi. It's Lucretia here. Today's episode is going to look a little bit different because I don't have a guest, but I do want to share some thoughts I've been having this week about sexual assault and domestic and family violence. And I want to start off by talking about the Depp versus Heard case, because unless you've been living under a rock, you will have heard something about it in the last couple of months. And in the last couple of days, particularly, A quote has come to mind for me that I think is very relevant in this case. The quote is from The Reckoning, which is Jess Hill's quarterly essay. And if you haven't already got your hands on that and had a read, I really recommend it. It's a great book, a great essay. Now, in that book, she talks about the Me Too movement. And there is a particular quote from Shana Bremner, who's the founder of End Rape on Campus Australia, where she's talking about how abusers get away with it. And this one particular quote she says is, I will say it takes a village to protect an abuser. And sometimes that village we now know goes all the way up to parliament. We've seen the village step in and protect over and over and over. Now, the reason that quote has come to mind so strongly for me, particularly in the last couple of days, is we have had the outcome of the Depp versus Heard trial in the US. And I have to say, watching that entire thing unfold across social media and mainstream media outlets has been disgraceful. I have been profoundly disturbed by the memes, the TikToks, and some of the commentary that has been coming out. Although, let's face it, I shouldn't be that surprised because it is misogyny 101. And in the US in particular, we saw Trump make that normalized. And so really what we're continuing to see is misogyny being perpetrated by the masses with unconscious bias. And here's the thing. I really want to believe that the masses actually are unconscious in what they're doing. I really want to believe that most people do not support violence against women and girls. I really desperately want to believe that. But watching the 
coverage and the posts <laughs> in the last couple of months, the team Johnny BS, are you freaking kidding me? Are, are you serious? We've taken an incredibly serious topic and made it into entertainment. But there is this total lack of understanding for many people about what they're actually doing here, about the role that the average person by participating in the weepy Amber Heard TikToks, have you seen those? I just, honestly, I saw someone share some of those. They weren't supporting it. They were just saying, can you believe this is happening? And I swear, I sat there with my mouth open. I I actually had no words. I was so profoundly disturbed by what I was seeing. And I won't lie, I have muted, I have unfollowed, and I have unfriended some people over the last month or so who have been Team Johnny, talking about what a gold digger Amber Heard is. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, how many more tropes do you want to just buy into there? Like, (laughs) how many more? But I know, and I, I wasn't expecting to feel this angry about it when I talked to you because I've done a lot of processing about it and I wanted this to be a really rational and reasoning conversation, but I just feel so angry. I'm so angry. But let's talk about the unconscious bias, which I want to believe and hope is underlying the pile on on top of Amber Heard. Now, we all have unconscious bias about I would say many things. Unconscious means we're not aware of it. And you know what? This even came to my understanding even more strongly this week when I realized that I had been applying unconscious bias to a particular person because of my interactions with the group they hung out with and my experiences with them. When you have that realization that you have had a bias towards someone that is not founded in reality, and is founded in prejudice. Whether or not it's based on previous experiences or not actually doesn't matter. So I had that drop in and I had the shame that went with that and I did a lot of processing about that and I didn't feel good about it. And at the other side of it, I've just come like, you know, I'm just going to be even more on top of myself about that and now I have the awareness and I've acknowledged it to myself, then I can stop myself from doing it. And I think that this shame piece is really important because I suspect that a lot of people are avoiding looking at the truth of how many men are assaulting women, sexual violence, family violence, domestic violence. And because we don't want to deal with that shame, because we are taking it on as our own, wrongly or rightly, because we are unwilling to take on that shame, we will seek to bypass it. And that is what we see So often when we're talking about, for example, the high numbers of women and girls and children who are sexually assaulted by men, because men we found statistically across the police stats, across the government stats, across the university stats, all the research shows us really super clearly that men are the main perpetrators of violence against women, against children and against other men. This is a truth. It is a fact. And yet when we are online and we're talking about this or any kind of group and we're talking about this, inevitably someone will stand up and say, oh, but what about men? Or, oh, it's not all men. 
And when they do that, it's a complete bypassing of the subject that's being discussed. No one is saying that men should be assaulted. Nobody. Like, I don't know. I'm yet to meet any feminist person who believes that it would be okay for men to go out and assault other men. Like, we don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. And no, it's not all men. But if we can't even acknowledge as a starting point that men are the primary perpetrators of violence, full stop, men as a gender, if we can't even do that as a starting point, then where are we going to go? (laughs) There's nowhere to go. We need to acknowledge that. But the problem is there is this shame attached to it. Because when you start to recognize that you may have played a role in helping to facilitate that or being complicit just by not saying anything, that is super, super uncomfortable. And I really feel that as a gender, men and boys are raised to not sit in discomfort when it comes to emotional things. And we know that there's been studies on that, right? Now, once again, I want to just make it really clear. This is not the fault of men and boys, right? This is the environment, the ecosystem they are born into. And they are taught this is the way to be, compartmentalize, um, push out your energy, don't bring it in, you know, solve it with your fist, not with your heart, all these sorts of things. Now, not, not all men are taught this, but a hell of a lot of men are because this is the ecosystem we still exist in, the patriarchal constructs that we are conditioned to move within. And so for us to acknowledge that because of this ecosystem, men have evolved as a gender, speaking very broadly here, as a gender to be the primary perpetrators of violence, sexual violence, To sit with that and own that and to understand that maybe as a woman or a man, you have maybe played a role in helping to perpetrate that unconsciously. Even to acknowledge that is an incredibly difficult thing to do because you haven't meant to do it. You might have just laughed something off or made excuses for a behaviour or thought that, When you did that, that's that's what you do when you love somebody. Because we're taught this. We are taught this stuff everywhere. And to sit in the discomfort of understanding that by continuing these behaviours, we are complicit is a profoundly uncomfortable experience. And there is shame that comes with that. If you are someone who is wanting to move through the world and be a better person and evolve, which I think many of you are, I'm hoping most of you are, it's uncomfortable to sit with shame and to acknowledge your role. And I see time and time again that instead of stepping forward powerfully into that and going, you know what, I'm acknowledging my role in this. I'm acknowledging that I am part of the ecosystem that has created this and I... I'm now choosing to do something different. Instead of that acknowledgement, we get the bypassing. Oh, but it's not all men. 
I don't want to look at this. It's too uncomfortable. So I'm going to bypass. It's not all men. Oh, but what about men? You know, and to those people who, if you find yourself saying that a lot, you know, if you find yourself frequently feeling as if you need to get up and defend men when these conversations are had, and you find yourself frequently saying, but it's not all men, or what about men? Well, men are victims too. If you find yourself saying that a lot and feeling like really like you need to do that defending work, my suggestion might be, well, it is, that you take a step back and just observe yourself doing those behaviours and observe the situations where you are, where that's coming up for you. And then I'd like you to ask yourself two things. First of all, are you not wanting to sit in the discomfort of the issue that's being discussed? Are you really not wanting to acknowledge the issue for whatever reason? Human beings are very complex. We will always have lots of reasons for the things that we do. It's pretty rare that we ever do something without a reason, you know? So the first thing is just notice the occasions when you're doing that, where you feel this feeling of umbrage and outrage and you feel this need to step in. Ask yourself what subjects are being discussed on those occasions and do some internal work about why you feel the need to bypass those, why you don't want to sit in the discomfort of those. And the second thing I'd recommend you ask yourself in this self-reflection is when was the last time you heard a man say, but what about women? Or it's not all women. When issues like, you know, all women are gold diggers, you know, women make these things up, all those kinds of things. When was the last time you heard a single man step in and say, but it's not all women? Or what about women? And if you have heard a single man, single man do that, because I have heard on the odd occasion men do that, which is great. We need more of that. The second part of that question is, well, have you noticed men as a large group doing that? Because I sure as heck have never seen that. I have never seen men as a collective group, a large group online or anywhere else, step up and very loudly and strongly proclaim, no, it's not all women. And what about women? What are we doing for women here? How are we helping women? We don't see it. And so I just want to point out the contradiction there. So if you are interested in doing a little bit more self-interrogation, maybe ask yourself those questions. But I do want to go back to this idea of the village protecting the abuser, which definitely happens in all parts of society, and the idea of unconscious bias. And it's the unconscious bias that is often doing the protecting. So people are unconsciously protecting the abuser, unconsciously protecting the status quo. And you'll have many conscious and unconscious reasons for doing that. With the Depp versus Heard case in particular, there are a couple of things that came up for me really strongly this week that I just wanted to flesh out a bit and talk to you about. The first thing is that obviously, yes, there's this unconscious bias. And specifically within that unconscious bias, what I what I observed was that we had a man. Johnny Depp, who had previously gone to court 
in defamation proceedings in the UK and lost because in the UK he went to court against Amber Heard and the son and suggesting that he had been defamed. But the judge in that case found that I think it was all but one of those incidences had been proven to be substantially true. The suggestions that Johnny Depp had abused Amber Heard were found to be substantially true. And that happened a couple of years ago, right? That was been through the court in the UK. So first of all, people don't seem to get that bit. <laughs> when you're talking about Team Johnny and all that, like um, this has already been to court, right? So there's a bit of a bypass happening there. Well, a lot of a bypass. The second thing was, if you put that aside, something that I only recently learned about, and I learn, I am constantly learning about domestic and sexual and family violence. I am not an expert in this field, which is why I have guests on this program to learn more for myself and share it with you. So the second thing was that what I didn't realize is that perpetrators of domestic violence will often continue to exert coercive control and abuse their victims through the court system, through vexatious litigation. So that means they will continue to try and take their victim back into court so they can maintain connection with that victim so the victim can never really get away, can never really get on with their life. And this happens quite a lot. And there could be an argument to suggest this is what's happened here because There has been a finding in the UK court. The suggestions of abuse were found to be substantially true. And what happened? Johnny Depp went court shopping and found a jurisdiction in the US where he's more likely to win the case. And also it's going to be televised. And we know how people are with celebrities. So then, of course, the social media machine kicks in. And he gets to humiliate his victim on a worldwide scale on screen. So there's that. The second thing is that I found it really fascinating. And this is where I definitely don't think people understand that they're applying this unconscious bias, is that people were interrogating and analysing every single thing that Amber Heard did during that trial, everything from the clothes she wore to the expression on her face, they were analysing it and saying, well, that's evidence of her and that's evidence and that's evidence and I'll look at her, like all these things. And they were analysing her previous behaviours and things she'd done in the past. Just These are just average people, you know, tuning in. But that level of interrogation was never applied to Johnny Depp. Nobody is applying the same levels of interrogation of his behaviour as they are to Amber Heard's. Nobody. Were they analysing the outfits he was wearing and how that might be an indicator that he was an abuser? Were they analysing the expressions on his face to prove that he was an abuser? No. The masses weren't doing that. Why? Why weren't they doing that? It's the unconscious bias. I don't think most of those people are even aware that they're applying two sets of rules here. 
they're applying one set of rules to the woman, Emma Heard, and they're applying another set of rules to Johnny Depp. They're not even aware they're doing it, right? I found it really fascinating, really fascinating. Yes, there are male victims of domestic violence. Is Johnny Depp a victim in this case? Well, I think we can all have our own personal opinions about that. But the UK court found the claims that he had abused Amber Heard to be substantially true. Now we have this case in the US where a jury has found no, but also found that Amber Heard was defamed during the case by Johnny Depp's lawyer, so she was also awarded money. It's a bit confusing. So if you put aside the idea of whether who's guilty or not guilty, if you want to put that bit aside, let's come back to the unconscious bias bit. Different set of rules, different set of analysis, different set of interrogation of behaviour, different set of beliefs, different set of standards for what might be okay for Johnny Depp to do but is not okay for Amber Heard to do. Because Johnny Depp has, from a character point of view, I wouldn't say he's much of a winner. <laughs> like, I, he's not someone that I, w- I would want to hang out with. He's a man who has come out and said that he doesn't believe Roman Polanski is a predator. If you don't know about Roman Polanski, Google it. This is a man who talked about doing horrific things to Amber Heard post-death in text messages. And side note, just for my own personal opinion, any man who calls a woman a whore, that is a waving red flag for me. Like you couldn't get a bigger red flag. Men who talk about women in that way, red flag, run. This is my personal opinion. He's not someone I would want to sit down for dinner with. And there was another part here too that just a little bit of a learning opportunity, I suppose, and it's something that's really come up for me more strongly in the last probably a couple of months. A lot of people were saying, well, she recorded him, you know, why would she do that? You know, why did she need to record him and all that kind of thing? I have had conversations with more than one woman now where they have actually recorded the behaviour of their male partner who is abusing them. And one of the reasons they do that is because they actually want to be able to prove to other people that actually is happening, but also to prove it to themselves. Because when you're with someone who is incredibly manipulative, they will do something or say something and then deny that it ever happened and gaslight you, right? Make you try to make you doubt yourself. And this is not an uncommon practice. Okay, this is not something that suggests that she's more manipulative. It doesn't suggest that a woman is more manipulative because she has recorded her male abusive partner. Okay, this is a good thing for people to understand. Women who feel they're being abused by their partner, which is what Amber Heard was alleging, okay, they will do all kinds of things to prove to themselves that they're not going mad and to prove hopefully to other people that what they're experiencing is really happening. So whether or not you believe the recordings proved 
something one way or the other is kind of beside the point. The, the point here is that this is not an unusual behaviour. This is something that people do because they're trying to prove that they're not losing their own minds. Because when you are with someone who is abusive and manipulative and a gaslighter, this is what they do. They will do a particular action. They will say something to you. And then later on, they will deny that it ever happened and that they will tell you that you imagined it. This happens. So something to be aware of, right? So we have these things of unconscious bias, different sets of rules being applied, and I don't think that people are aware that it's happening, that they're part of it, and it's misogyny. It's how misogyny is perpetrated and perpetuated in our communities unconsciously. I know for a fact, like in the example I gave you earlier in this episode, that I have been unconsciously biased for a particular reason about something. I know that in the past, many years ago, despite being a feminist basically my whole life, (laughs) when I look back now, I can see there were things, there are things that I have done that as a bystander made me complicit in perpetrating misogyny against women. I can see that. When I've laughed uncomfortably when a man has made a sexist joke, you know, and not said anything because I've felt too uncomfortable because no one ever taught me the skills to be able to speak up, right? (laughs) Certainly was never taught that. So I have been complicit. Now, I had very good reasons for behaving the way that I did at the time, believing that I shouldn't rock the boat, that, you know, I should be nice, that I should be polite, that I shouldn't make other people uncomfortable, even when they're making me uncomfortable, all the things, right? We always have good reasons for doing the things we do, always. But I was complicit. And the unconscious bias we have seen in the way that people have responded to the Depp versus Heard case in the U.S., is a classic example of how unconscious bias plays out in our community. And if we really genuinely want to stop sexual violence, domestic violence, family violence, any kind of violence, if you are genuinely committed to that goal and you have been, I'm team Johnny, Amber Heard's a gold digger, all that kind of stuff, if you have found yourself part of that narrative This is your cue to take a beat and do some reflecting on what unconscious biases are playing within you, why you have those, and question them. Because at the end of the day, what this whole case is about is about abuse. It's about domestic violence. That is never something to be laughed about. It's not something to make memes about. It's not something to make I'm team Johnny or I'm team whatever. No. You're going the wrong way. If you're doing that, you're going the wrong way. And side note, if you somehow feel that the US finding has more legitimacy for, I don't know, because a jury of 
your peers were involved in it, made the decision. Well, let's also note that that jury of your peers was not sequestered during those hearings. That jury during that period while they were hearing the case were exposed to all the social media, to all the commentary, and, of course, were, I understand, the majority of the jury were also men. I found the whole thing really troubling. I'm not making a call either way about who is the abuser or not the abuser. We've got two verdicts now that contradict each other somewhat. What I'm more interested in is society as a whole doing some more work and discernment around their actions and their participation in continuing to facilitate violence, sexual violence, particularly against women. If you laughed at memes that were done of Amber Heard crying, which is one of the ones I saw, if you laughed at that, this is your cue to look at yourself. If you found the words gold digger coming out of your mouth, Oh, that Amber Heard, she's a gold digger. Mm. That's your cue to do some self-interrogation. And this is something else that I want to add to that. That whole narrative of the, the younger woman, she's significantly younger than him, right? Amber Heard's a lot younger than Johnny Depp. The suggestion that, of course, he must have been manipulated by her in some way. That goes back thousands of years, right, all the way back to Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. Of course the woman must be the femme fatale. Of course the man is weak and is taken in and manipulated by her. Give me a break. Give me a break. (laughs) Men are not idiots. They're just not. And this narrative is completely ludicrous. Either men know their own minds or they don't pick a side. You can't have it both ways. I can't take those narratives seriously. The gold digger. Well, if he can get out of bed in the morning and make business decisions and, you know, all those things, dress himself and money, then maybe he can also be responsible for the decisions he makes in his personal life and not be the victim of some nefarious plot by a woman who seeks to take him for all of his money, which, by the way, I don't think Amber Heard has attempted to do in this case. Something else to think about. Anyway, bottom line, unconscious bias. Where are you applying it in your life? Not just with the case of sexual, domestic and family violence, but elsewhere. Because I can guarantee that you are applying it in more than one location, more than one part of your life. And that's okay. If you become aware of it, process it, it won't feel comfortable. It will not feel comfortable at all, but acknowledge it to yourself and then choose to do something different. Enough of the bypassing, enough of the, oh, but it's not all men. Or what about men? What about male victims? Enough. Like (laughs) that isn't helping any of us to get where we want to go, which is There is no sexual violence and no family violence and no domestic violence. But we cannot get there until society as a whole acknowledges and responds appropriately. 
to the understanding that it is primarily men who perpetrate this violence and they do it within the patriarchal construct of our society, which we are all responsible for dismantling, all of us, because the patriarchy hurts men, it hurts women, it hurts children, it hurts non-binary people, it hurts gay people, it hurts every single person. All the patriarchy does is ultimately hurt people, make people submit to power. We don't want that anymore. We want people to be treated equally, and that is actually what feminism is about. It's about equality. But if we keep bypassing the issue, we're never going to get to equality. So sit with the discomfort. Sit with the discomfort that you know you will have in your circle of people that you know at work, family, friends, socially, in your street, you will know people who are abusers. And the majority of those abusers will be men. And many of those abusers will look incredibly charming on the surface. You would never know what they're behind, what they're like behind closed doors. Sit with the discomfort of that and then choose to be more informed. Choose to change your behaviours. You don't have to tell anybody that you've had this realisation that you've done certain things in the past and you've been complicit or through unconscious bias, you've actually helped to facilitate misogyny and hatred of women and abuse and all those things. You don't, you don't need to tell anyone that you've just gone, holy crap, I've just realised that I've been part of this. If you have that realisation by listening to this podcast, I want to say, well done. Thank you for being willing to look at your own behaviour. Thank you for being willing to own it. That takes courage, right? It takes courage to look at your own stuff. So now you've looked at your stuff and you've gone, holy crap, I've been doing this. And you might have those feelings of shame like I did. Okay, now you can choose to do things differently. That's a choice that you get to make as a human being because human beings are not fixed we are constantly moving and changing and evolving. You are not fixed. So make a different choice. Do things differently. Take responsibility. Be accountable. Speak up. Step up. Make the change in your community. I know that you can do it. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks so much for your company today. If you feel more informed or empowered after listening to this podcast, please leave us a review or share this episode with a friend or family member. Medusa's Mic is brought to you by the Stop Sexual Violence Collaboration, an enterprise to bring people together to discuss and facilitate sexual violence prevention and response initiatives. The music for today's podcast is brought to you by Dima Tishko from Tank. The opinions and perspectives offered on Medusa's mic are solely those of the interviewer and the interviewees. They are our express personal opinions and views. They are not intended or meant to replace any treatment or advice you may be receiving from a licensed professional. If you have specific concerns or a situation in which you require professional, psychological, medical or legal help, you should consult with an appropriately trained and qualified specialist. 
this episode is copyrighted and should not be reproduced without express permission from SSV Colab and Lucretia Ackfield. <laughs>